It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm going to ask him if he has a diaper. Okay, we'll be waiting for you, Fred. We're going to go ahead here. Live. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life. Pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, thanks, everyone. Uh, Carl Swenson is on the line with us right now. Uh, we have a really interesting call. Carl has been a frequent guest of ours over the years. And uh, as we've been battling to expose uh, fraud, corruption, thievery, theft, uh, you name it, in, in, in political, governmental, administrative circles all over the country, uh, we run up against this force, this 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 disease which is just so dark and so horrid but it relates to child uh, sexual abuse pedophilia and uh it's 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 far more prevalent than any one of us would like to admit uh even with with all of this evidence that is that is coming on the internet about this the mainstream media refuses to uh, fess up and and cover this story uh, there's only a few people uh, that have really <clears throat> touched base with this, uh, but but the Paul Pizzagate thing a year ago 
uh, brought it to light in a huge way, and then it went away. But uh, Carl Swenson from uh, Georgia uh, is bringing on two special individuals, the honeybee Zachariah uh, and uh, Heather Middendorf are on the line with uh, Carl uh, to talk about this deep state connection to pedophilia and, and some of the some of the research that's being done to expose this down there. Carl, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, it's great to hear you again, Fred. And I want to take this time to um, to welcome our uh, guest speakers tonight because the honeybee, or honeybee, depending upon how she wants to be known, um, Melissa, is one special, very special person. She has the intestinal fortitude to stand up against the people that are perpetrating the positively most heinous crimes there are, and that is the crime of pedophilia and child trafficking. He's been after this for quite some time, and uh, we share a researcher in common, and that uh, researcher is justified at a middendorf. So um, I want to take this time to welcome Melissa here. Melissa, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you so much, and all of you for for having me on the show tonight. It's it's awesome to hear your voices, and I'm really excited to to talk. Okay, and Heather? Hello, everybody. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's let's dig right into it. Again, uh, Fred and audience, I just want you to know that I'm actually a little bit of a latecomer to this uh, particular. Uh, angle on uh, fighting the deep state, but what we have found, what these women have found, has been a great, great help to me in our battle against the deep state. So I would like for for Melissa to take a little bit of time and explain what it is that she is doing and what, uh, what we can do moving forward. Awesome. Yeah, so... Uh, I heard you mention, uh, Fred, I, I believe you mentioned uh, Pizzagate and um, how that has kind of brought a lot of this into the limelight. Um, it hasn't quite gone away. Uh, it's just come out of the mainstream media, which was the whole goal, I think, is to get that out of there. They didn't want people looking into, uh, you know, an actual business of selling children, which is, you know, what we're finding uh, being very prevalent. And it's not just you know, CD restaurants using code words, um, you know, to, to share inappropriate images of children. Um, we're actually looking into a, a larger structure here uh, using things like CPS, um, using uh, the agencies that are here to protect kids uh, to actually make a buck off of, you know, trading them, um, taking kids away from families that, uh should not have been taken away in the first place, fabricated evidence, uh, things of that nature, and putting them with foster agencies uh, where they're promised money from the state. So there's a whole structure of money-making and money laundering uh, that goes along with this type of exploitation of children. Um, Another part of this is, you know, detecting uh, pedophile rings and people that are pedophiles that are actually working uh, in local law, law enforcement and in the court system, um, working in the schools, uh, people that are 
important in the community's government structure that are involved in these things. Um, we're trying to get people to start looking in their own communities to, to find this stuff. And it, unfortunately, it's not really that hard. <laughs> Um, I know Heather can elaborate on the work that they're doing right now um, in, in Georgia, in their county, and how important it is that people start getting on board with these sorts of oversight committees um, and really trying to, to take accountability for what's going on um, where you live. Because we all want to see corruption and the deep state taken down, but it really does start with getting to know what's going on in your own community. And, Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of pedophilia. There's a lot of normalization of pedophilia going on right now in this country. Um, but we found it to be the most effective to start at home, um, to, to know who your local officials are, look into their histories, look into the companies that they're involved with, uh, so on and so forth. So, you know, you can, you can put a dent in the, in the bigger problem. Well, let me, uh, let me get... A uh, little take on this from Heather because uh, she, there's something that she has just uh, made me aware of from the person who is talking about who it is that's actually committing this. Oh, well, yeah. Um, the what got me going initially on on the local uh, issue that we're dealing with now is I, I thought, okay, you know, with, with, a, with our group, with people, you know, in the community who come together and who care, I said we could do this together. I had heard Dr. Lori Handrahan mention how important it was to, to obtain a criminal complaint. And because, you know, the media, they only get those and they will, like, attach them in their news articles when they want to. They don't do it all the time. It's only, like, certain reasons, you know, you, you, we're not told why. And um, so she's right. You, you don't, if you, when you get the criminal complaints on these people, because, you know, I, there's one individual, law enforcement, looking into, and I thought, I, there's no explanation to this story. It doesn't make sense. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this with this group. We're going to go through this process together because this is what people need to be doing in their local communities. And um, so I got the... Uh, criminal, oh well, I asked for the criminal complaint, but what we got back was not a criminal complaint because there wasn't one in existence. You know, it never went before the grand jury. And this man was arrested during Operation uh, Cross Country 8. So it was a big deal. I mean, it, it happened during that whole time. And he was let go. He was let go. What was, what was Cross Country 8? Oh, well, that was, uh, you know, the uh, name of one of the stings that they did in 2014. I think it began in June of 2014. How many states did it cover? Uh, was it eight? I believe it was eight. I think it was, yeah. And um, so anyways, I was like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> There's no criminal complaint. Now now what do we do? So now we just attacked, you know, what was in there. We, we got right into it. We said, okay, let's break down the storyline. This doesn't make sense, and this doesn't make sense. And we started asking questions, you know. To you know, other people are people, yeah. people in the community, like you know, law enforcement. This guy was in law enforcement, you know, and he was let go. He was caught soliciting a minor for sex, and he was caught with child por uh, child pornography on his computer. So, you know, that's a big deal to then just let somebody go. So, um, did I answer your question? 
Uh, yeah, you, you, you pretty much answered the question. <laughs> okay. Um, th this particular story has, has some serious legs to it, and it has gotten the, the attention of people that heretofore weren't real uh, enthusiastic about going after the, the crimes of the corrupt in our county. Now, all of a sudden, they have that fire in their belly, and they are righteously indignant, and they're ready to fight. I'm telling you, it is that serious to know that we have a, at least one, just one, that's all it takes, roaming our county free to do what he does, which is to uh, prey on our kids. And we're not going to stop until he and everybody associated with the ring, and it is a ring, are brought to justice. So that's where we're at right, right now. I can't get into the specifics of this particular case because it's already taken, uh, taken one life, and chances are there, there may be others involved. So Wait, wait, wait. Taken one life? Well, I'm sorry. Carl, what, what happened? Yeah. <clears throat> Don't go well, into the details, but did, did someone threaten? Were they, were they, what happened? No. Someone who, who uh, knew that he was about to be arrested imminently he was warned by the FBI that this was coming. He took his own life. A very, very prominent former, and you'll love this, juvenile court judge. Wow. Yeah, that, that just happened last week. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God, he's right. So th that's how serious this is getting right now. The, uh, the, the, the ring is, 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 ha is having the news drawn in on them. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for the work of Melissa and Heather right now. So, Melissa, what are, what are your thoughts on what's going on down here without getting into too many of the particulars? Well, it's, it's just really uh, it, it's this continuous pattern that I'm seeing here with these rings. Now, the rings themselves are filled with people that are in power. They're lawyers, they're judges, they're sheriffs and people that have sway, you know, people that work in the city or town halls, people that work for the county, and people that work for uh, Child Protective Services and the foster care agencies, uh, people that work within uh, homes that are for kids that have issues, uh, where there's vulnerable children that may or may not have a, uh, a guardian there to, to see what's going on to protect them. Um, usually underprivileged kids um, that are kind of like thrown to the wind. Um, these are the kinds of kids that they prey on. They're already in the court system, and they're already known. Uh, so every, they all have their paperwork. They know, you know, where they are. Uh, the way the ring works, though, is that they, they all have to work together. But on the same – now, this relates to the situation with this guy taking his own life. Um, they cover for each other but they all have a lot of information on each other too. So when you have one that's falling, um, that one person who's getting threatened to be exposed, uh, they will give up names and they will use that to their advantage. And this is when you see people dropping off, committing suicide, uh, you know, an unfortunate freak accident, uh, car accidents, things like that. Before any kind of, you know, exposure comes out, people tend to disappear uh, who, who hold information or are kind of in charge of running the operation. Um, 
this is actually going on in, in a lot of places in this country, and we're, we're doing a documentary right now uh, kind of delving into the court aspect of this. Um, you know, from families having their kids taken away, they're thrown into foster care, and then these children are placed with certain individuals um, where they can be passed around, sold, abused, um, all the while collecting money from the government because the Health and Human Services, they sign a contract. Now, me and Heather were talking about this the other day. Heather found a lot of good information on this. Um, and maybe, Heather, you can kind of get into uh, that, that money exchange where the money comes from the top and how it kind of trickles down. Yeah, are you talking about um, with, the, with the organizations at the state level? Yeah, coming from Health and Human Services as that, that federal agency, how they give the money over to the state, and then the state kind of does their thing. Well, yeah, I, I was on, um, like here, we have a website called Open Georgia, and lots of other states have their own version of that, the, you know, transparency thing. And <clears throat> I was going in there, and the way that Georgia's is set up is, you know, you can go under salaries and uh, reimbursements and stuff and, and just see per agency what's going on, who are the board members, and all of that. And uh, I was going through that. Is that what you're talking about specifically? Yeah, or? you were you were saying that the, the money that was coming from the, you know, the contract that was signed. Remember you were saying the contract that was signed between the federal government signed over that, that actual child is a contract signed from the federal government over to the state, and then the state is given that, that financial incentive, and that's yeah. where the money comes from. Yeah, so they literally tell you, right, in the, in the court orders, you know, when, when children are being, uh, you know, in adoption proceedings and all that, they literally tell you who they're giving, you know, the custody to because they name it. Um, is like the Department of, was it the Georgia Department of Human Services, I believe it is, here. And then that goes down, trickles down through CPS. So, or it's not CPS here in Georgia, it's defect. But, yeah, so it, there, there's, a, there's like a mothership, you know, and then all those other agencies, you know, they, the money trickles down. And you can, you can see it in the payments and stuff, you know. It's, it really spelled out for everybody if they really go and look and want to search on their own it's spelled all out for you there's one there's one aspect that I, I want to bring up real quick and that is that the the information that's been coming out lately has proven that not some but seemingly all of those involved in this have positioned themselves in either positions where they are very um, comfortable mingling and intermingling with DFACs and uh, DHS and also the myriad of agencies that are out there promoting um, the disadvantaged children. So they all put themselves in positions where they will have a ready crop of individuals to choose from. And that is part of the profile that we're going to start to have to do. Yeah, and, and let me add to that because one of the interesting things I found when looking at this local case that we were just discussing um, with the law enforcement officer um, involved and never held, you know, never brought to justice for his crime, um, 
you know, I noticed when I was looking that the the, the, uh, the newspaper, the local newspaper, there was a link, and it wouldn't work um, to his, and it happened to be information that I found like embedded. Like somebody must have taken the article, the news article, and taken it out and embedded it somehow somewhere else. So that even if the newspaper took the article down, that the info from the article, the text was still there. And that is on his mugshot. And I thought that that was interesting because I'm not used to seeing that, you know, um, on, on mugshot.com, you know, the text from a newspaper. So, um, yeah, and it happened to be his resume. And he had worked around uh, children and been youth-oriented and work, worked as a detective, you know, worked at the jail from since before he even graduated high school. And so why did the local newspaper, right, remove that link from being seen after he got arrested? Because that article was written, you know, sometime before his arrest. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. Sorry, I was going to say that that's how this is the pattern that, that like Carl was saying, like we, we have to establish a pattern that is constantly presenting itself to us. That's how evidence is built. That's how precedents are set. Um, so, you know, they do the same thing in court with, with cases and things, but we have to do the same thing with what we're doing. So what we're seeing here is the position of power. We see the connection to the children, whether it's through foster care, uh, underprivileged kids, uh, programs where kids come, you know, if even look at the, the bigger cases in the news. You've got Jeffrey, uh, uh, who's the guy in Pennsylvania? Oh, Jeffrey. I don't remember his name. The Penn State guy. Sandusky. Yeah, yeah. Sandusky, Sandusky, Sandusky who's, a, who's a football, you know, football guy, football coach. And all those kids that are going there because they're going there to, to be like him. They want to be like him. They want to be, you know, football stars. So they, they're in these, these kids' programs, and they want to be around Sandusky. And the, this, he puts himself in those situations for a reason. You know, they want access to children. Um, so that's another thing we're finding, the, the, you know, the donation foundations and all of these things that put them in co close contact with these, with these kids. Um, and then, like I said, there's always the courts and the lawyers and the officials that are covering up for these crimes. Um, that's the kind of things that if you're, if you're looking to, to make a difference and to start, you know, weeding out the bad guys, um, you've you got to start looking into your own governments, into your own courts, because they're there. I guarantee you, you know, we, we, Heather found this guy. Um, you know, from looking at articles within her own her own community, and she stumbled upon a huge scandal that nobody has even sniffed. You know, and this guy's involved in a lot of other things now. He's not working in law enforcement anymore, but he is absolutely involved in children. I mean, he's doing a lot of things that puts him in contact with these kids, um, and because he has the cover of his, you know, his his old crew. Uh, at the police station and all of the people he's connected with in, in government, he's able to keep doing what he's doing, you know, and we have to expose them. And it's, it's not, it's not fun work. This isn't something I think that people find the ultimate joy out of, <laughs> but it's, it's damn important 
And, you know, we do need an army of people to start taking accountability for what's going on in their towns. I mean, that's, if anything that you take away from this today, if anybody's listening, you know, you got you to gotta know who's doing what in your own town um, and, just, and just keep on it. If you want to get a, a good feel for what it is that we're up against, there was a uh, former state senator here by the name of Nancy Nancy Schaefer. She is uh, she is like a, um, a tip of a spear type of person who was doggedly pursuing this, and uh, in the process of that pursuit, she wound up uh, getting murdered. They say it was suicide, but uh, oh she and her husband both were murdered. Uh, that's again. That's here, local in Georgia. This is very, very real and very, very. Wait, wait. Well, when did this happen? When was she murdered? And her husband murdered. Um, 2000 and what? Uh, was it 2009 12. or 12? Yeah, between well, 2009 and 2012. Some, yeah. Sometime in between there, yeah. Anybody can look that up, but there there are various uh, YouTube videos out there concerning this. I strongly suggest that um, when you've got a uh, a strong stomach that you sit down and listen to this because it will it will drive you out of your ever-loving mind to hear what is going on then and now. Actually, um, Nancy Schaefer, now you mentioned her, she's in our um, trailer to the to the documentary, uh, Kids Tell them a little bit about this uh, documentary. Wait a minute, is this Nancy Bell from Florida? Was that her real name, Nancy Schaefer? No, Nancy Schaefer was a Georgia state senator. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and um, she her name is spelled S C H A E F E R. She was uh, she was born in thirty six, died uh, March twenty six, twenty ten. Was was murdered, I believe. Uh, yeah, but she's in our trailer. Go ahead, Melissa. <clears throat> so yeah, Nancy Schaefer was actually running for Congress uh, a week before she was murdered. It was a Murder-suicide. Uh, her husband, I guess they say, uh, in the midst of her almost publishing her book about this topic and also uh, getting ready to release her full-length documentary about this topic, um, she was shot by her husband uh, in her bed in the back, uh, and then her husband, I guess, shot himself in the back of the head. Is that is that if I'm correct? This is some ridiculous know, sort I, of situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, now her husband was very supportive, always of her. I mean, he was in love with her. They were a, a, like a power team. Um, they were very excited about uh, her, her, her run for Congress. I mean, she was making leaps and strides uh, into getting this, getting this out there. I mean, she would do big lectures in front of her, her state officials about how the money works, how underprivileged kids or kids that are in state agencies are basically being sold for money uh, and yeah. it's job security. <laughs> so our documentary is kind of uh, in her honor. We are, we are again trying to introduce to the public uh, what's really going on here. And we have actual cases of families that have had their children ripped out of their hands. Um, and I'm not talking like one, two kids. The cases we're working with, there's four, five children at a time taken out of the house on fabricated evidence, um, and that foster agency and that foster parent, they get like $800 per kid. And if that kid has special needs, 
that's like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars per kid per month that is granted uh, to these people. So these kids have a price tag on their head, and you know, it, unfortunately, what we're seeing is it, families that are already struggling, uh, families that are you know on um, medical uh, hardships, that are that are on welfare. Um, one parent may be out of work. Uh, one parent might be sick. Um, they target certain kinds of families that have, you know, a bunch of kids usually because that's the biggest cash cow, um, and they get them in the system, and they are just dangling their children um, while cashing in. And then we also found that there's a six-month mark where <laughs> after six months when the kids have been in the state's care, um, they, they tend to go home um, after that after that six-month mark because in in the document that you sign, the contract that you sign um, with the foster agency, if you're a foster parent, if you have that child one day after that six-month mark in your care, you are guaranteed for the rest of the year the money that you've been receiving the whole time. So the person that has that, those kids is still guaranteed forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for the rest of the year not having those, child, those children in their care anymore. So they wait six months then they let them go home, and then they're still getting paid. So there are deals being made, money's being exchanged. You get to be one of those foster parents that always gets kids in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, you gotta pay. You gotta pay the man. You know, we're, we'll give you these kids all the time if you're gonna, you know, give us a little bit back. You're getting free money. We want a portion of that. It's like the mafia. It's really how it works. So we're tackling that in our documentary. We're also tackling the normalization of pedophilia within the media, the movies, children's programming. I mean, I'm dealing with pedophile advocacy groups where there are pedophiles not organizing, you know, online with, with YouTube videos and, and group chats, not on the dark web. Like, I'm talking like you can go onto Facebook and find these people in their, in their open chats. Talking about normalizing and, you know, making, <laughs> making it okay to be a pedophile. It, it's getting bad, folks. It's getting really bad. So we need more okay. of you guys to get on board if you can. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's, there's, there's a multifaceted attack against those of us that are fighting this ridiculous crime. And uh, it's coming in the form of censorship. And one of, the, one of the forms of that censorship happens to be a, uh, a new bill they're, they're, they're trying to put out there called FOSTA-SESTA. Can you tell mm-hmm. them a little bit about that? Sure. So the FOSTA-SESTA is a Frankenstein bill um, that was just put through uh, Senate Congress. It's on its way to Trump's desk to most likely be signed into law. I'm hoping not, but it's, it's gone to the point where I believe he, he may just sign it into law. Um, but the FOSTA Act was uh, an act set up last year. Uh, this is in response to the Backpage. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Backpage.com and all the scandals that were going on um, with the, the minors being sold on Backpage, uh, you know, for sex. I mean, they were selling kids, sex trafficking children, but they were using, like, codes and things like that to, to do it. Um, they're, they're trying to set up these acts and these bills to fight sex trafficking. Now, the problem with FOSTA and SESTA uh, SESTA being uh, an actual reformation of the CDA 230, um, the Section 230, which protects um, the websites for being liable for content that's on their 
their platform. So say I post something like child pornography on Facebook, uh, the, the platform won't be held responsible for that content because it didn't post it, uh, but I posted it, so I alone would be responsible. But because of that page, aiding and abetting these sex traffickers by letting them post their content and their ads on their, on their platform to gain financial, uh, you know, they're making millions and millions of dollars letting this happen through ads and ad revenue. Uh, they have to now, I guess, change this law, which makes uh, the person who was a victim able to sue the platform. Now, this is one case on Backpage where Backpage itself solely was letting this happen to make money. They're now going to change it for all Internet platforms that, that the victims can sue the platform for their demise, for any of the sex trafficking that went on. It sounds great, but if you really think about this, okay, they are going to start over-censoring anyone that is on the platform that is remotely talking about the topic. So people like me or Heather or Carl or any of the people that I work with, um, if I put the word child and sex in the same sentence, which I often do because I research child sex trafficking, um, because they're going to implement algorithmic sensor bots, which they're already putting up on Google, they've already put them on Facebook. If I put a post up on Facebook that has the word child or sex in it, it's automatically deleted by Facebook. That's already happening now. If it becomes law that FOSTA SESTA goes through, um, they're going to completely censor everything, and free speech will be gone. The worst part of this bill, okay, is that it's actually not even protecting victims of child sex trafficking because what you're doing is you're taking them offline where the DOJ, who's absolutely against this bill, by the way, wrote many letters to Congress begging them not to even consider this. How are they going to find these kids online? How are they going to run their sting operations? Remember all those sting operations the past year where thousands of sex traffickers and pimps were arrested because there were online stings of people that were on Backpage, were on, you know, private chats where they're, they're selling kids? How are they going to find them now? They're, they're actually pushing them further underground and putting sex workers back on the streets where they're actually in more danger. Um, so it's a very controversial bill. I don't think it was very well thought out. I think the basic point of it is to actually get the censorship through that the government has been drooling over, that the platforms have been drooling over, because they work hand in hand, my friends. You know, if you control the social media, you control the people. The government loves that about social media platforms, so they work together. You know, Facebook works with the CIA. It's been, it's been very apparent and admitted by Mark Zuckerberg that that's what goes down. So there, there's a big problem here, and you can still call your congressman today, I mean tomorrow, as soon as you can, and voice your opinion about this because voices are being silenced already at an alarming rate. If this bill gets passed, I'm telling you, we're not going to be able to talk about pretty much anything controversial on the Internet anymore. Their methods can change. But our methods are kind of limited at present, and that is uh, the ability to find them ourselves using the just standard uh, research tools out there. 
So you see, they understand that now they've been a little bit lax, uh, and I'm speaking of the pedophiles and the child traffickers. They've been a little bit lax, so maybe they have to tighten it up a little bit so they're not in quite as much danger. This bill will do just that for them. So anybody interested in this, please don't hesitate to call your congressmen and your senators, but make sure they understand that this bill, FOSTA-SESA, is going to be an abortion for our free speech. Mm-hmm. And be, you know, before we go any further, I just want to add one more thing to this, Melissa. That is that, and I don't even know if you're aware of this, there's a new, a new push for our children. And it's coming from an area you never would have thought possible. It's coming from the scientific community. The scientists are now putting out there little pearls of information concerning the fountain of youth being children's blood. So they are now creating another market and another diversion so that people are going to have to travel down that path to stop that one, and it will be a political thing as opposed to a moral thing. Wait a minute, Carl. Children's blood? What are you talking about? Uh, you heard I know. I, didn't I know a lot about this. I looked into this very much, Carl. This is a very concerning topic. Go ahead and see. Tell them what you what you know. So I found uh, in looking into this, I, I heard a little buzz on the chans. I go on 4chan on a chan. I'm I'm an anonymous person when I can. Um, so there was some talk about this thing called young blood. Now. I, I didn't really believe that there was going to be an actual market, uh, like a vampirical market of kids' blood. Um, I always use documentation. I always find evidence. I never present anything unless I have the, the proof. Lo and behold, I find multiple scholarly articles right from Stanford University's website in this project called Young Blood. Okay? They have found that Young people's blood, primarily children um, and young and young adults, teens, young teens, that their blood holds uh, certain proteins that, when injected into patients with Alzheimer's and certain um, neurological uh, diseases, it actually cures some of the symptoms and slows down the process. So, this kind of research. I mean, if you know about anything, okay, let's talk about, you know, getting a new kidney or waiting for a heart in line. We all know that there's waiting lists and things like that. People are out there fundraising to, you know, keep this person alive until they get their kidney. Um, there's all, always the black market aspect of that. So now we're coming out with this young blood, which we've already been looking into, you know, ritual sacrifice and things like that. I mean, that. I hate to go woo-woo crazy, but that kind of stuff is going on. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more in another another interview. But this is science pushing for uh, children's blood to be used to heal older people. Mind you, it's usually going to be people that are well-off, can afford it, are elite, are in power. But then you have the black market side of it. Okay, so if you have this kind of information, technology, and scientific you know, know-how, in the wrong hand, you've just developed a whole other layer of black market of stealing children, stealing their blood, disposing of their bodies. I mean, it's just a nightmare waiting to happen. 
if it's not already happening already. Melissa, can you tell me whether or not any of that information is going to be included in your new documentary? I don't, you know, I don't know. But Carl, I think we should. I think you're right about that. Um, Anthony, the director, Anthony Kadornica, he's the director of the documentary. Um, we, me and Heather and Anthony, we have meetings all the time and talk about these things. So I think you're right. I think we should include that in the documentary. I, I think you should too. Um, would you mind telling the people one or two more times what the name of that documentary is or, and or the name of the trailer that is currently out there? Sure. You can find our documentary by typing in the search engine, uh, Kids, Inc. Kids, Inc. documentary. Um, we have a trailer on YouTube, and if you just, you just type in Kids, Inc. documentary, you'll find it. A couple of them will come up. Uh, it's a six-minute trailer. Um, we are fundraising. Uh, there's all that information on any of the videos that you find. It'll have the link to that if you feel compelled. Um, it also has a lot of our social media. So if you want to get involved and have ideas, you have a story, you have somebody that needs help, just get in contact with us. All of our information is listed in, in that video. And I can even um, have Heather or, or if you want to, Carl, you can send that information over to our friends here tonight um, so they can put it on their, on their end. Yeah, I've already sent that to Fred, uh, the, okay. the links to the, to the fundraiser stuff. Um, I don't normally do that kind of stuff, as you know, Fred, but uh, yeah, this, I know. One, this, this one is, is about as serious as it gets. And if this doesn't just not just tug at your heartstrings, but tug at your anger mechanism, then I don't know what will. But I can tell you that it is doing exactly that with people here in my local community. So. Yeah, and our <clears throat> we will be uh, providing uh, a link, you know, to where people can see any anything that anybody donates to us will be transparent. Um, we already promised that in the beginning, so you know um, everything will be broken down, and anybody who donates and whatever can see what we're doing. Um, Melissa, can you uh, can you explain a little bit about the? Um, the bigger cases, I think you've got one going out in Arizona right now, don't you? Yes. Uh, this is probably the worst case that we're dealing with. We are going there soon um, to actually be with some of the members of the group that are still appealing at this point. But let me just tell you from the beginning what, what this is all about really quickly. So I, had, uh, I, I go to a website sometimes to check out the latest on child abuse. And a um, great website if you're looking into this stuff is medicalkidnap.com. Uh, um, I, I read a story about a little girl uh, who was taken from her mother uh, at, I think it was two months old, um, based on very shady information um, that wasn't quite true. Uh, she had a, a sordid past with other things uh, years before. They sort of pulled that into the forefront to be able to take this child away. Um, so this child went into foster care. Um, the first family she was with, we don't know a lot about, uh, but I guess she was. At what age? Uh, at what age? At what age? Two months. This child? Two months. Two months. Yes. And this child story, this child story from two months old to five years old is the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life. So the first time she was at, she was taken out of because of neglect. They put her with another family, um, I believe at the age of two, 
she was put with a man and a woman. Um, they are both high-level civilian military commanders, okay, in Arizona. They had been sexually abusing this little girl along with their own children and many other foster children, actually up to 15, we're seeing in court documents now. There's an indictment uh, for more cases. They had a pedophile ring running through their home. So they were getting foster children into their home. There were videos. There was reports. Uh, This stuff was actually reported before they were caught multiple times. There were 38 phone calls throughout the time that this young girl was in his care uh, complaining of child abuse. Uh, She had infections. She wasn't going to the bathroom correctly. They were blaming the mother for being too overprotective, ended up severing her rights because she was making these crazy, baseless claims, um, when all the while she was involved in a pedophile ring in that home. She was taken out of that home, not because of the pedophile ring. That happened after. She was taken out of the home because he got pulled over for a DUI while she was in the back seat when he was going to pick up his foster care check. Now, this guy is a high-level military commander, had been in the military for 30 years, traveling from Arizona to Korea. He set up a treaty for the United States of America and Korea, South Korea for a program for children. He built a water park over there. He built a a child's uh, recreation center over there. There's pictures still on the uh, military's website, their their Flickr website of him surrounded by children and all of these events and things that he was putting together. Uh, He was in Germany doing the same thing before that. Uh, And then he was in just up until, uh, I would say, 2013, 2014, working for the military uh, in a high-level capacity with children. Um, Having these kids as foster children and raping and and abusing them, selling child pornography with them, um, nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. They take this girl out of the home after the DUI. They put her in another home. (laughs) They put her in another home with a woman who we believe has a behavioral analyst license for the state of Arizona. She proceeds to put her in hot scolding water and hold her under the water, pretty much destroying 80% of her body with her skin falling off of her body. In a she, had, she was in a bathtub. She waited six hours to call the ambulance. When the ambulance got there, her skin was falling off. She was unconscious. She had organ failure. When she got to the hospital, they had to amputate all of her toes. Five years old, folks, five years old. Double abusive foster home, okay? They are taking these children from parents that need services in the home and putting them with literal, sadistic, pedophilic child abusers. And it is just amazing to me. At this point, they still are not giving the child back to the family. Even if she went with the grandmother, it would be better than the suffering that she's gone through with this case. There are many kids right now in a joint lawsuit against the state of Arizona's CPS system, all of the foster care agencies that were contracted out through CPS, and the, the family that had her first and then the family that had her second, because there's multiple kids that went through that home, they are all listed on this lawsuit. It is huge. There are three major firms representing these kids in this lawsuit. And you can find it online. There's an indictment for it. Um, 
if you just want to look up the name David Broadcham, you'll find everything you need. That is the gentleman, uh, if you can call him that, that was uh, working for Humphrey Garrison Military Base in Wachuca, Arizona. Yeah, but the thing is, right, you don't, the what you read in the news media, like if you're, if you're just somebody who has never heard his name before, you just stumble across the article, you know, and you read through, you know, Melissa, because of what you have done with this case too, you're the one that, that found that he had the military connection and everything, and nobody talked about that in the media and online in the news articles or anything. Mm-hmm. If, you find, okay. if anybody finds this to be uh, disconcerting, let me remind you what this whole conversation is about. This is your red pill. Take it. We are in dire need, all of us, as parents, as grandparents. If we want to rescue the children that are now being abused across the country, take the damn red pill. That's all I have to say. Carl, Carl, real quick, uh, just just, uh, everyone knows that Ben Swan is back after an almost over a year of of complete blackout, silence, whatever. He's got Mm -hmm. his show, online show back. It's called Reality Check. Uh, He just did a recent expose on uh, on, on this back page, child sex pedophilia, these networks that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa, just for our reference and understanding, I forgot to ask you what brought you into this research in the very beginning. Sure. Um, you know, I, I have chatted a little bit here and there with Ben Swan, and I actually begged him to start talking about this because he had left oh. the scene after he did his Pizzagate broadcast last year. He was let go from the ABC affiliate over in Atlanta. So (laughs) uh, that whole year went by and he came back and he didn't address it. And I called him out on Twitter and he promised me that he would. So I'm glad he he put that video out last week uh, talking about child sex trafficking. I was very happy with that. I'm trying to actually get him to be on the documentary. We're still working on that. Um, But for me, I always have been, uh, I guess you can call me a a sleuth, doing research to, to kind of wake myself up. I, I, I like evidence. I like proof. I like to see things with my own eyes. I, I don't like the conspiracy stuff that distracts people. They just take information in, just like they're listening to the MSM. They don't look into what they're listening to. You know, be careful of disinformation. So I'd already been looking into a lot of the government corruption, um, deep state stuff for a long time. I was a huge fan of, uh, you know, Bill Cooper, um, I had been listening to the Hagman show for seven years. I mean, I was trying to, I had my finger on the pulse of this stuff for a long time. Um, I started looking into satanic ritual abuse. I got very interested in the uh, McMartin preschool case, in the Hosanna church case, uh, where the children were being uh, ritualistically abused by the people. I know that the McMartin case did end up being uh, sort of overturned, saying that the actual. <laughs> Uh, psychologists who are leading the kids. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, these guys have a lot of money and a lot of pull. So, you, you know, I'm always very skeptical of that story. But the Hosanna Church case, great case to look into if you're looking for documented cases that went to court for satanic ritual abuse in the school or in the church. Great case. Um, as I was really getting into that stuff, uh, Pizzagate broke. And I was, like, hooked on that. But a lot of it, I just couldn't get my hands on that smoking gun that I was looking for. 
so I kind of ventured off into DC in and of itself. And what I did, this is how I started my whole content creation. I started looking on the DC sex offender registry and I was going through from A to Z, all the names. I was looking at the pictures, looking at their convictions. A lot of sex offenders are not child sex abusers. Some of them got caught, you know, taking a leak in public. Some of them, you know, may have had some sort of uh, domestic dispute or rape or something like that. I was specifically looking for the child abuse part of it. And through doing so, I kept finding government officials, people that worked in the government, people that worked in the White House, people that worked contracting for the, for the government. And not only were they working there in an official capacity, they had their, they had their little news slip that they got in trouble, they raped a child, or they were caught with child pornography, then, you know, then it was gone. They didn't follow up, though. What I found was that they wove their way back into the government by doing private contractor work because their cronies mm-hmm. that they had still in the White House were still willing to bat for them. And it's mm. still going on. So I did a funny diagram of the White House and all of the sex offenders that I had done my, my, my investigations on, and it literally made a ring around the White House. It was like a literal yeah. pedophile ring around the White House of actual people that worked in D.C. that were convicted of child rape or child pornography, and then they end up working for the government again. I mean, I was just, at that point, I was like, this is endless. I'm sure I can find this everywhere. And then I just started looking, you know, at those, those small little news stories and the little communities that never make MSM. They never get on yeah. national news unless it's something that fits their narrative or it's really, really bad. Um, I just, every day, I mean, there's, you will never, ever run out of these stories of, of officials, law enforcement, military personnel, politicians, lobbyists. Uh, in, in smaller communities that are involved in this kind of stuff. It is very concerning, and I think it needs a closer eye. That's what, makes, that's right. what keeps me going with it. I mean, I have to do it. You can't look away right. once you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, we, we, could, we, we have, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, of back and forth, and then we'll open it up for comments and questions. Okay, that's fine. Just wanted to make sure that we we didn't cut anything short. Um, yeah, this this um, the situation that we have going on here locally in my community is by no means um, uncommon. This is this is going to be happening in every locale across the country, whether it is whether it has made it to the news or not. One of the things that reached out and grabbed me and grabbed Heather, by the way, was the fact that. The people who are making it possible, covering this stuff up, do in fact include the media. And that's something that we're going to have to take a good close look at. Well, that it goes right back to the Franklin cover-up, the Franklin case. That what, is, what, is the, what is the Franklin case? So they you can remind them? Well, that was, um, that was in the 70s, right? Yeah, there was a big show. There's going to be a show that was going to go on CBS or one of the big channels, and it was it was squashed. Yeah, the documentary. Um, the, what is it? Something it's called the Conspiracy of Silence, and they, they yeah. actually just put it out last year. Thankfully, uh, never aired it. Um, I believe 
it was like a major network that was going to put it out, and then they decided against it. I think they got pressure from the local government that, you know, I don't think so, too soon. <laughs> or you're, you can't really well, tell everybody yeah, what's really you know, going on. <laughs> and the one guy, that he was a journalist. He was a famous, like, uh, you know, elite, like, journalist for, like, a top newspaper there in Nebraska. He was in, directly involved. Oh, that's the kids for cash one? No, that's Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but this, this guy, well, I can't even remember his name. He was a journalist, uh, or a, you know, for the, the newspaper there. So this has been going on for a very long time. He's, you know, journalists covering up for these people because they're a part of it. Yeah, it was going on a boy's house. Yep. Yeah, but Larry, yep. Larry King, he was the, you know, this is the Franklin credit uh, scandal where, and, you know, in the end of all this, I mean, they were taking kids from Boys Town, which is, again, the underprivileged boys. Uh, kids with issues, putting them in these places where they are just like, you know, fish in a, in a barrel um, for them to do what they want with them, uh, soliciting them, selling them, abusing them. Flying um, them on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, they were flying them up to, they were flying them up to San, San um, uh, Sabbath there, Eddie Sabbath in the, in the New York Sabbath. area. You yeah. know, you know, this stuff is uh, international uh, they have these parties. They sell kids. They're they're parading them at night at twelve o'clock. They you know they have the line of children standing up, and they get to pick which kid they want, and they buy them, and then they do what they want with them, and then they go back to their master at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. You know this person being Larry King, um, by the and way, he was a very prominent Larry man. King is he's not the he's not the boxing promoter. This is just another man with the name of Larry King. Yeah, he's not the radio show host, Larry King. He's the, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Not, not the radio show yeah, host. CNN, Larry King. It's not that guy. It's it's Lawrence King Jr. And he's, by the way, in Reston, Virginia, <laughs> which is interesting because there's another company that has come up recently in the news that operates uh, out of Reston, Virginia as well. Yeah, I think so, he's still going uh, strong, to be honest with you. Honey, yep. Heather, you're, 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 you're not implicating, you're finding evidence that shows concretely that all of the operators in these networks cooperate and communicate and cover for one another. Is that kind of what you're looking at? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it is, a lot of it is, 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 is able to be found uh, in looking in things that people don't understand that exists. Like if you go to fpds.org or .gov, pardon me, this is the federal procurement data, you know, of, of all of the 501c3s, not profits. You can go in there. Uh, oh, excuse me, is that citizen audit? No, fpds.gov is the federal procurement data system. Um, you can search that for, you know, the government contracts. It's like, I, I like it better because it's like, it's better than that other one that's out there that you can search for government contracts. There's like a couple, but this one is directly, you can search it and see like the contract, you know, dates, everything. Right. You find their, their agencies, you find the companies because they set up, you know, if you're running um, a pedophile ring, uh, and you, you, it's kind of like uh, you have to, to cover it up somehow. So people set up uh, straw man businesses that may have a fancy name or whatever. Um, so they'll do they'll do business ads, DBAs, 
as, you know, their name, but it's spelled wrong, so it doesn't come back to them, or they'll use something um, to cover up any kind of connection to them. But when you look at the government contracts, and then you go to other places like Citizens Audit, and you can find, you know, their nonprofits and things, and you can see, like on Corporation Wiki, how they're connected to each other. You can find other people that are involved through the businesses that they share. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the, the picture starts being built. And then you start looking at the actual convictions. I mean, a lot of these people have records. They are, they are usually caught and involved in some of these things, but the information is usually hidden or suppressed. So you have to go, you know, into your court, you know, online court documents. You know, you can go to your local court online portal and you can pull up case numbers. You put someone's last name in and you can see, do they have a conviction? Do they have a bench warrant? Do they have this or that? You can file, you know, Freedom of Information Act request on anybody, you know. And if you have a suspicion, um, you find a little bit of information that leads you to believe that this person may still be doing this kind of stuff, you can get all their records. And all the information is available to you. They just don't want you to know that you have the power to get it. You know, and that's where me and Heather work so well together because we don't care. We, we will ask, we will call, we will look, we will find, and then we'll talk about it. You know, we do walk a fine line here with libel um, or slander, but mainly we're dealing with public officials here, which they are not protected by libel and slander laws. They are public right. officials, public figures, people that are in, in, in these kinds of positions. They, they don't have these kinds of protections from the citizen population. So this is why we, we are going after people with this level uh, because, unfortunately, we can't, you know, put out you know, private information about another private citizen that, that will get us in trouble. So for us, you know, the, the ones we want to take down are the ones that are in power. And, and fortunately, the way the government is still set up at this point, uh, we are able to get that documentation. And one other thing I wanted to mention, too, is, like with this local case with the with this man, the law enforcement um, that we were looking at the case here, he uh, when I'm I was reading through the documents that we obtained from the district attorney's office, um, and specifically in there when he's talking to these detectives, you know, out of the gate, they write this narrative, you know, and he uh, says he's he he tells them he's gay, so he you know, and he, he wants to, everybody to believe, because why, right? He can't tell you. He cannot come out and tell everybody in, who loves him because he's so nice, every, that's the thing, they're all nice, that he's a pedophile, okay? He can't say that. So what else is, what else is he going to say? He's going to, you know, say he's gay, and he's not the only one. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, and he's not the only one. It's like you look at these guys, Melissa could probably expand on that a little bit better, but you know, that's important for us to realize is that these people, you know, are, are saying something to get you to believe something because they're, they're chameleon, chame, being chameleons, you know, they're really mm -hmm. pedophiles. Right. And, I mean, this all goes into uh, the, the symbology and the code words that, that, the pet, that pedophiles use. Um, a lot of the pedophiles that are, I mean, these people come out and say, yes, I'm a pedosexual. I am a child lover. Uh, I am a boy lover. They are very comfortable in broadcasting this information now um, and, you know, calling members of their little pedophile cults 
and they have an online presence, and they are very open about the symbology, the same symbology that we saw coming out on Pizzagate with the FBI documents uh, that clearly show that they use the spiral triangle, the heart within a heart, the butterfly. These things are not new. They've been around since the 40s. I mean, if you take a look at um, that that man that wrote Lolita, uh, you know, that that really controversial book about the little girl that the man was in love with. He got with this woman to get access to her child. There was a love affair. It was pretty much pedophile, uh, you know, romantica, um, baby burlesque kind of stuff. Uh, This guy that wrote the book was a pedophile, uh, Nabarov, I believe his name is. Um, He was into butterflies, and he was a scientist that studied butterflies. So this carried on through the pedophile community as a symbol of pedophile love. This is why you're always seeing, like, the butterflies symbol, you know, it's the secret monarch programming. I mean, this stuff has roots. And it comes from somewhere. It wasn't just thought up, you know, because of Pizzagate. This is the information that they don't want you to know is that there's a history of the heart within a heart. The reason they use the heart within a heart is because the smaller heart represents the child and the larger heart represents the adult. Uh, These are themes that have been introduced Mm. not only in that book but in Alice in Wonderland. You know, you start looking into these (laughs) these stories that are kind of giving you a hidden meaning – um, that carry on through history that the pedophiles cling to. So, you know, I go to a, a website called Our Love Frontier. This is a pedophile group. They have, uh, you know, a, a forum where they can all meet oh and talk. It's God. public. They have videos yeah. and they talk about their love of children. They don't want to offend, though, but they still want to be recognized for their child love. They have, for their, they say, here, take a look at our symbols. You click on the link, and it's the it's the FBI document from the Pizzagate. Isn't that they something? Admit oh that. They admit God. that they use those symbols. The triangles right on Boychat, which is it used to be run by Nambla, um, the the, Na- the National Man Boy Love Association back in the 70s and 80s, which was North kind American. of taken down. North American, thank you. Um, now it's run by this group. It's like a super group of pedophile advocacy groups that, that run this boy chat, which is a live chat forum for pedophiles to all chat with each other. And I'm telling you, there are young boys that get groomed into this culture, and they go. They talk to these older men. And it's, it's very sad because in these pedophiles' minds, they think that this is consenting love, consenting sexual stuff. When, in fact, they're grooming children, and they're grooming them to rape them because children cannot consent. And, you know, I just, the the symbols are real. That is not conspiracy. The history is real. It is there if you choose to look at it. The pedophile normalization is probably bigger now than I've ever seen. Now that I see them off of the dark web, they're not hiding anymore. They're they're out of the shadows and and flaunting this, this deviant sexual disorder. Uh, and they're, they're Heather, still trying to Heather, uh, Honey, and Heather, and, and you want to chime in, uh, Carl, feel free. Uh, and I don't have the numbers in front of me from Ben Swan's reality check a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about the magnitude, the numbers 
did some of the math behind it, but the, the missing children math numbers on a yearly basis, it's it's somewhere between, you know, it's 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 forty to a hundred thousand a year of kids that, right. that, that go missing. Well, that, that, I that, wait. That. I thought that they I thought that they weren't the FBI and all those were not keeping statistics, and that was part of the problem. So, where where was he getting those numbers from? Well, he he was doing some extrapolation based on some research that he uh, dug up, and uh, oh, and then okay. he did some some simple simple fifth grade math to extrapolate based on let me, that. Let me, let, but, me throw one, let me throw one more thing in there, Fred, and that is that's just on the surface of the kids that we know about. A lot mm-hmm. of these kids are being warehoused, literally warehouse and some of those uh, are in the uh, childbearing range guess what happens to the children of those that are in that childbearing range that are caught up in these circles you don't you think they go to the hospital and get a birth certificate oh no no they're born with midwives and those kids are never on the books and they're free to do whatever they feel like doing with those children yeah they're called babies they call them baby breeders Yes, and yep. there's, oh there's a lot of there's oh a lot of information God. there's a lot of information about that online if you if you a do check it out for baby breeders. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, and not only their ba- the babies, but their organs and their blood and all that. Yep, it's true. Yep. It's true. Yeah. So this is what we're up against, and this is why um, people you you really got to pay attention to this. You know, we're fighting. We're always fighting. The shadow government, you know, this is the shadow government. This is the this is the most direct link to the, the criminals we want to do away with that I've ever seen. And unfortunately for them, this one issue is enough to make people think very seriously about turning to that Second Amendment for real. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, Carl, we're going to have to open it up and wrap this up. Comments, questions from our listeners, star six, your phone, for okay. Heather, Honeybee, and Carl. Go ahead. Anybody? I got, yeah, I got a couple for him. Uh, number one, uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, who uh, is a movie producer. He made that movie, Eyes Wide Shut. He came out with an article that says the rulers of the world Many of the rulers of the world are high-priced individuals. Rulers are pedophiles. The rulers of the world are pedophiles. Yeah, guess who did the remake of Lolita? Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said they're pedophiles, the rulers of the world. That's right. Well, let, me, let me add something to that, if you don't mind. Uh, one of the best-kept secrets is that Many of the rulers of the world have something in common, and what is it called? Um, oh yeah, it's the uh, the Masons. Now, why is that important? It's important because what they teach the Masons, they do not teach them biblical, um, God-fearing information. What they're teaching them is ancient, very ancient, and the ancient philosophies that they are teaching had as their basis and their root children sac- or child sacrifice. So keep that in mind. 
when you start talking about these uh, these masons, the question becomes: At what level of masonry do they become aware of this? Is it at the fifth degree, the tenth degree, the fifteenth degree, or the thirty-third? Because these rulers, if you're talking about, they are usually high-level masons. Yeah. Now the other thing I want to bring up: yeah, Have you heard of Bohemian Grove? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they they meet every two two weeks, every month, north of San Francisco. And they bring these little kids in, and they have orgies with these children. Yeah, and, one, and then they end up killing some of these kids. That is the story, but we don't we don't have any physical proof of that at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you do, because the guy wrote the book. He infiltrated the air, and he saw what was going on. And he wrote well, the yeah, book. No, so you have Paul Bonassi's testimony. You have the, you know, Paul Bonassi, I believe, didn't he testify that, you know, he was, and he, there's no way he could have known unless he was there, the stuff he was Yeah, he, 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 he infiltrated. He was there and he looked at it. And, they, they, and these are the people that go to the Bohemian Grove are our rulers, our CEOs, industrialists, high-powered individuals, and even, our, mm-hmm. and even our people, our, our Congress and our, our government officials, they go there. And they carry on. Like little kids. Good. Up, yeah. Because I was going to say, there's a good video that Alex, I don't watch Alex a lot, but Alex did some pretty uh, pretty amazing stuff when he went to Bohemian Grove. He snuck in for one of their ceremonies and got a lot of it on tape. And it is very disturbing if you listen to what they say, talking about the cremation of care. Think yeah, about that. Worship, Think about... They worship, pre- and they worship an owl. They worship Moloch. Moloch also is, an owl. They have, a, they have a big owl there, about 20 feet tall, they worship. Right. The owl is a form of Moloch. So Moloch yeah. is an ancient Babylonian uh, deity. Uh, you know, these, these things come from Baal and, you know, worship of the horned god. Moloch is a form of the horned god as an owl, so he changes his form. This is the same deity that they're presenting children for sacrifice. That's why there was a mock sacrifice that night, and then they burned that effigy. Uh, but there was a there was a table there, and there was somebody on that table, whether it was you know real or not. Um, I I wasn't personally there. I can't say, but there's no reason to believe that it wasn't real. Um, I would definitely check it out and look into these ancient these ancient cultures that are still practiced today by our elites. They wear yeah. the masonry. They wear these things. They talk about ancient Babylonian, ancient Egyptian, old world religious cult kind of stuff, and they, they believe yeah. it. Yeah, that cremation of care. And the yeah. other thing is, there's this island down in the Caribbean this one guy owns, and I forget his yeah. name. Richard Branson, he owns Little St. James. Yep. And Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and they bring these little children down to the island, and they carry on. It's it's sickening. Oh, yeah, that's that, my both of them. So you've got uh, you've got Branson, Sir Branson, and then you have yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Their, their islands are actually across from each other. One's in in the uh, the UK portion of the Caribbean, and the other is in the American side. Uh, both of oh. them are involved in in minor soliciting minors for sex 
having extravagant parties at their homes on these islands. Um, there's a whole scandal going on that Trump might have been involved <laughs> in these things. Um, lots of celebrities on this black book that Jeffrey Epstein kept. There's Naomi Campbell, Kevin Spacey, uh, all of Bill, these, you know, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've read where... Yeah, I read where old man Bush is a pedophile. I don't know if it's true or not, but old man Bush is a pedophile. Okay. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I had something I wanted to say. This is Dee Dee from AUN. Hey. Um, yeah, I've been um, looking heavily into the SES, the uh, Senior Executive uh, Service. Do you all know about that? Circle. Circle. Yeah, Carl knows a lot about that. Circle and SES. A different organization, but it's some of the, and so when you were talking about the 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 book, there's a thing called the Plum Book, and it's got all the names of all the ten thousand of them that Obama put in. They call it Obama's Army, but yep. I'm sure, and there's there's many of them right in close into the the White House, about seventy three of them. And as you were talking, I was thinking, God, a lot of those SES members have got to be part of this pedophile because their names are well known, and I, I'd be interested to hear about what you think about it. And then American Intelligence Media has a, uh, well, Innovation, I mean, uh, Patriots for Truth and American uh, Intelligence Media has a thing called, they call the Crime Line. And you can go on to the Crime Line. It's amazing technology. I wanted to turn you guys on to it. And you can look up anybody and see every crime they've ever committed. And a lot of them are the SES people. Um, then they're in all of these walks of life, you know, religion, Hollywood, the government, universities, technology, science, and they're in there to obstruct the process. But I know that a lot of the names I've looked at and have been researching are pedophiles. So I thought that might be the crime line and the plum book might be some really uh, good tools for, for you and your research as well. Well, thank you, Dee Dee. Let, let me just say that what we're doing right now is what I'm doing right now is working to establish that particular connection because we do have the oh, area. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really an interesting what's going on there. And Facebook is, is absolutely uh, grooming people to accept pedophilia, but mm-hmm. they're going down and they won't be around much longer um, because, you know, they yeah. sold all that. They sold all that technology from the leader group and weaponized it, including the pedophilia part of it. And uh, we're all just hoping that Trump will sign the Miller Act and um, cut their salary down to a dollar a year, and a lot of them will disappear. Yeah. But they'll still be pedophiles. <laughs> That's the main thing that you're working on, which is great. I salute you. Yeah. Well, what's the psyche of a pedophile? I, you know, it's hard to comprehend that they're the pedophiles, you know, they have some of these people in religion that are pedophiles, like the Catholic Church, many of the priests. But what's the psyche in this? Is there something about their mental capacity? Or Yes, yes, absolutely. So there, a lot of what Heather and I have been finding a pattern of is that this stuff is intergenerational um, and that these are kind of like uh, like groups of people that continue on, you know, with their, their close-knit group. Uh, so they groom their children together. They the, Their children are grooming their children and so on and so forth. Uh, it establishes a lot of trust and whatnot. And there's that aspect of abuse there. Uh, a lot of abusers, not all, 
but a lot a lot of abusers, you know, people that are are, are sick um, and do this for pleasure uh, to hurt children, um, they themselves have been abused. Uh, not every person that is sexually abused goes on to abuse children. They seek help. They heal. Uh, those are usually isolated cases. The ones that we're focusing on are the intergenerational, uh, you know, hives of, of people that this becomes their culture. And they're trying to do some scientific research on the pedophile psyche. Um, again, they're not taking people that are in these intergenerational pedophile rings, that, that one generation after generation that are ruling the world. Uh, they're using isolated cases of people that have developed this condition and or they're possibly saying that it's something that has to do with neurological damage, uh, sort of like a, an autism um, spectrum kind of disorder, whether there was uh, cerebral damage in the womb or uh, a, a head injury as a child uh, introduced with abuse or neglect, not necessarily sexual abuse, but some some form of abuse along with the mental uh, neurological damage tends to create pedophilia because the mind can't sexually develop appropriately. That is one uh, scientific, uh, like I said, you're, you're looking at isolated cases of pedophiles that have very specific issues that are not in pedophile rings. So there's a little bit of scientific evidence there, but then you have the actual pedophile rings that operate like this and have been operating like this and teach their families and their kids to operate like this for years and years and years over a blanket of power, money, and control, uh, that is very different. So there, there's no scientific, uh, you know, no one's dissected an elite pedophile's brain yet. Um, hopefully that'll happen at some point. Maybe we'll be able to do that for them. Um, but, yes, there has been a little scientific study. There is nothing proven. Uh, right now, all they're giving pedophiles is uh, medication. They give them inhibitors to lower the libido so they won't offend. They try to give them counseling. Um, there is no cure for this. Uh, and they just, you know, I think it's really dangerous that they're starting to, you know, stop taking their medication and they're starting to embrace this disorder. I think that's a very dangerous way to go. It isn't a sexual orientation, and that's what they're trying to to play it out of. Yeah. But do we have in the Roman Empire and the Greek Empire? Right, which is very common. I mean, there's many documents and pictures and sculptures of, of little boys with men. Um, and the people that were pictured in these, you know, beautiful carvings, and those weren't like the common people. Those were the people that were elites. So, yeah. like I said, this is the elite thing. This is their culture. And the child, I don't know if any of you have, have heard about the child sex dolls. I know Melissa has, um, but I, I don't think that that's um, an answer, uh, you know, to the problem either, and they're trying to push that too. Yeah, the child sex robots. That's the newest, uh, the newest fad right now, I guess, that's trying to enter the United States. A lot of congressmen are trying to block it. I know that uh, Congressman Donovan um, uh, he's, I believe he's in New York. He's trying to block uh, the child sex robots from being able to be legal. He feels that yeah. it's going to uh, motivate pedophiles to offend more. Um, so that's definitely something. Lots of petitions out there to, to suppress that. So if you want to if you want to get involved, look for the child robot uh, legislation, you know, 
controversy right now that they're considering letting pedophiles use sex robots uh, to get their fantasies taken care of. But then you have to understand they they consume child pornography, you know, which is also exploiting children, a real child. So there's a lot of problems with this whole thing. We don't want to condone the behavior. I think that's uh, the wrong direction. Can you talk about can you talk about the the clearinghouse that the FBI and certain uh, agencies use with the child pornography and what happens to that stuff that they confiscate? Right. So for for example, we'll just take the most basic one that everybody knows because there's many agencies around the world that do the same thing. But um, you've all heard of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, that is located in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, this is where everyone is told to report any sort of child exploitation, whether it be a physical case that you see, whether it's something you found online, pictures that you've stumbled across, um, any sort of activity where a child is being abused, you report it to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They want you to report it to them first, not law enforcement, not the FBI, uh, that is that is where I started getting suspicious because you're you're having a private a private agency, not not a government agency, yet it is semi funded by the government. They do get grants from the government, but it is private. So you're putting a government agency which employs about twenty five people to deal with, let's go back to Ben Swan's case there, would you say uh, between 40 and 80,000 kids are reported missing a year? It's very conservative. I think it's more, it's closer to uh, one to 200,000, maybe even 500,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was mentioning 40, 40 to 80, but it's probably closer to 100, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's just, you know, reported. Like Carl was saying, there's, there's lots of stuff going on underground. But they get all the porn. They get all the reports of children. They get all the video, everything. And I had a situation with them back when I was on another platform. I reported child porn to them. Um, and the platform got mad at me because I reported to the NCMEC and I didn't use their online platform reporting tool. So I had this big controversy with this platform. I ended up being on the phone with their CEO, I also had a phone call from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Their director and their lawyer had me on the phone because they didn't like the fact that I was sniffing around. What I found out, their words, I have it all recorded, by the way, they don't report anything that they find to law enforcement unless they deem it absolutely imperative and time-sensitive at that moment. Most Almost all of the information that gets sent to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is held in their data bank. They hold on to it, and they don't give it to law enforcement unless they ask for it. That is very, very concerning, that these people that are not government officials, they are not law enforcement, one of them came from Verizon, came on board as an analyst, with top secret clearance, security clearance, is in charge of, you know, making sure that these children are safe. Guess what his name is? Brian Podesta. 
Okay. Brian Podesta, whose mother and father worked for the Washington Post. They also worked for the National Endowment for Democracy, have been there for 30 years. Their son, who is a journalist at Salon Magazine, a pro-pedophile magazine that has gone through a lot of controversy as of late because of their views on pedophilia. And also they share the last name of John Podesta, who just so happens to get this fabulous job after he leaves political limelight. Where? At the Washington Post, where, where all of these other Podestas are. And they're, they're, they have exchanges online together, calling each other cousins. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of concerning stuff here with the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. A lot of people don't know. It's out there if you look. But it's one of those agencies where I really feel they're a clearinghouse for assets, which are the children, their locations, where they are. They keep an eye. They may be involved in selling child pornography. They have the largest child pornography collection in the world, folks. Think about that. And there's only and 25 wanna, people that are non-law enforcement working there. And I want to add something to that while you're talking about that. Now, this local case with this law enforcement guy, okay, that we were looking into and asking questions about, <clears throat> NCMEC was involved in Operation Cross Country 8 by the way. And if you read the narrative, if anybody read the narrative that these that that was written up from the district attorney's office that was given to us, so this is their words. They want they let him go. They let this guy they they caught him doing whatever and they let him go. He had time to go back and erase everything and clean his computer before the forensic analysis was done on any of those. He had so much time to do that, okay? Two months. Yeah, two months. Thank you. And so NCMEC was involved in this, and they want, in the report only, they mentioned one image that they found of interest of a naked male between the ages of 13 and 16 years old. If, if any one of us on this call, I mean, I doubt any one of us that's listening to this believes that this man had only one. So where did the rest of them go? Because I don't believe for a second he only had one. Remember, each time, each image that they have is an offense, right? So if they found however many he really had, which was most, you know, God knows how many, that's that many offenses. So he had, they found officially one. But he wasn't charged with that, was he? Yes, he was charged with computer pornography, but he, but the media led, leads everybody to believe that he was arrested for soliciting a minor. He was never charged with that. Never. Right. Not he was never he was never convicted of anything, actually. They dropped the case and, and let him yeah. go on his merry way. Right. And you he have to understand charged. all of those images come from somewhere, and I, I bet you a million dollars that a lot of the images he was receiving were from his cronies at the sheriff's department. They work together. (laughs) One more aspect that you need to throw out there in this report, it goes on to say what the thrust of their investigation was. It wasn't to catch the -the run-of-the-mill pedophile. They were looking specifically for people that were trafficking 
in zero to one year old? No. You got the age range wrong. Well, what was the age range? It was your. Uh, it was. They didn't say a zero. I don't no. think ever. They they said it was like uh, human trafficking. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they gave an age, but yeah, they they, did. they specifically because of OCGA law, because of Georgia law, it it has to be like a under sixteen or fifteen year old. The way they define a child here is but sixteen in, and under. But in this in this case, yeah. I remember reading that it was uh, it was focused on the group that was more interested in these. Traffic. Toddlers and pre-toddlers, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Not Operation Cross Country 8, no. You're thinking that? of something different. Oh, okay. Um, But, because we... No, no, he's talking about the one... He's talking about the one that I just posted last week. Yeah. He's talking mm-hmm. about the, the men that were arrested. Uh, a few of them were uh, involved in the law enforcement, and they were teachers, and... Uh, I believe there's like one uh, mailman. Um, they yeah. were all involved in this in this credit borrowing, where it was basically infants and toddlers. That was what they oh were. Oh my god! Oh, they my were god. selling. Okay, my and, my. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's so much of it though, Carl. It's, I mean, it does. It makes your head spin. It's hard to keep it all straight, and it's it's amazing. I even was able to give you guys as much information <laughs> as I did tonight. And there's so much more. I'm like an encyclopedia oh, of, of child We're, exploitation. Yes. Uh, Melissa and uh, Heather, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, please type into Google Kids Inc. documentary, follow the links, share them, support the cause. Uh, this documentary, when it does come out, we will be there with you, supporting you thank to you. spread this all over the place. Uh, more you. people need need to reach out in their local communities to alert others that this documentary is going on, that they're good people all over the country, banding together, working together to expose this. Last fall, we had this Me Too movement. What about the kids, too? What about the toddlers, too? What about the infants, too? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, women, thank God, we have two on the call tonight, uh, should lead the way. Uh, in this subject because this pedophilia is just, it, it, it's the pit of hell. It's, mm-hmm. it's the worst. It's the darkest evil that is manifesting mm-hmm. in our world. And unfortunately, uh, we're all discovering that it is the foundation of this deep, dark state that's ruining our republic and, and destroying our world. Brett, can I add, so, can I add one more thing? Sure. No. Yeah, you, you have the closing comments, Carl, and then we're going <laughs> to wrap it up. Go ahead. Okay, um, Melissa, Heather, thank you for being on the call tonight. I would like to ask each and every one of you that is hearing this tonight or that will hear it on a podcast, please send this off to as many people as you can. We have to get this word out there. This is not going away. It's only going to get worse unless we take action. Mm-hmm. And and Heather, I hope you make contact with Ben Swan face-to-face in person. You seem to have had an effect on him again. I was surprised to see him cover this subject. So if you had any influence, God bless you. That would be Melissa, but yes. Melissa. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
I can, I can be pretty annoying in that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds sounds good. Well, listen. Thank God you. bless you all, Melissa, Heather, Carl, um, all of you guys. Uh, it's been a, a very refreshing call. This call it will be archived in a podcast format with the link available. We'll send that to you, Carl. You can you can share that. And we'll please spread this around, post it, Twitter it out, whatever you can do. Thank you so much. Thank you you so much. On behalf of everyone on on this call, thank you, Dee. Thank you, Steve, Betty, everyone listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. It's a wrap. Thanks, Dan. Have a good night. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Good Friday. Yes. Holy Thursday. God bless. God bless. Hey. Go Loyola Ramblers. American Underground Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.